Hello, my friends. I am Teresa Rich, the founder of 100% Real with Teresa podcast. I believe that on a daily basis, we can grow. No matter what our situation is, we can be inspired and we can give from a place of love. Being real and authentic is what helps others learn from our stories and grow from them. These podcasts are brought to you as a way of connecting with others and learning from them. As we push ourselves to be the very best we can be in any given moment, I believe we can inspire others to do the same. We are now role models for the next generation and how we choose to show up and inspire others to become more of themselves is more important now than ever. Every day is a fantastic day to move forward and advance in our own growth. This is why I started these podcasts, to enable us to grow into being the very best of ourselves. Heart-Centred Growth is a community of females inspiring other females to become greater versions of themselves. Success is not what you achieve, but who you become in the process. If you have not signed up yet, please go sign up to Heart-Centred Growth. This is especially for females who want to develop their self-worth, self-esteem, self-love and also business success so go join the community of female achievers in heart-centered growth please listen closely and make notes then share this podcast with three other female friends because i believe the world needs more positivity in it also please tag me at heart-centered growth or TeresaRich.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy my friends. So we've got a very special guest today, Lisa Noel. Um, she's from Restorative Touch Therapies. And today we're going to be finding out about her journey into becoming a reflexologist and all the different challenges she's coming across um, to make her the person that she is. And I would highly recommend that you stay tuned into this because um, she's a very special lady with very special, unique way of looking at things. Um, and her journey has been quite challenging en route <laughs> to say. I don't know how to say it, but, you know, so I believe we can all learn from you, Lisa, your courage you. um, and just the whole thing, the whole aura you give out as well um, of strength within your journey of becoming a reflexologist. So I'm going to be learning today, um, which is why I'm interviewing you. And I want to thank you very much for coming on this podcast, because I know it's not an easy thing to do to be um, interviewed by me, <laughs> your ex-tutor. <laughs> So, um, first of all, do you want to start off with telling me or letting the audience know um, what you did before 
um, you went into the holistic, onto the holistic journey? So first of all, I'd like to say thank you, um, Teresa, for having me on this evening. Aww. So, um, yes, yeah, so I have been in a corporate world um, before my daughter was born. So we're talking 18, 19 years ago, uh, working for JP Morgan, international banking and had quite an easy life, I would say. Um, holidays, you know. Um, and then my daughter was born 18 years ago, and she was born with a very rare genetic disorder. So it brought about a lot of challenges. First of all, she was having lots of seizures in and out of hospital, and I wasn't able to go back to work. But um, I suppose because she's needed a lot of care, I've always realized it's very important for me to have time out. I've always kept my identity um, as Lisa, not just as my daughter's mum. And I tried to work all the way through caring for my daughter, even at the beginning. Um, and actually became a specialist um, advisor at a children's centre to help other parents with babies with additional needs. And then I moved on from that job and worked for a disability advice team for a benefit. I was a benefit advisor going out to various people, um, listening to their health conditions and in two hours completing a disability benefit form. So I suppose within those two hours, I used to hear of varying health conditions, pages sometimes of medication and it really brought me to think, is there another way? Um, so also my daughter was having issues with constipation and she started seeing a reflexologist about 10 years ago to help with that. And about five years ago, I started having reflexology and found it was really beneficial just for my well-being to um, help with like the emotional journey I was going on and also to keep me grounded and sort of focused. So about five years ago, I trained to be a Reiki practitioner and I slowly built my business up from there. But two years, two years ago, I think I started to look into reflexology because I was seeing the benefits from my daughter. I was feeling the benefits and I started training with you, Teresa, two years ago during lockdown. Whoa, what a journey. <laughs> <laughs> and that was challenging itself. <laughs> the rest is like the journey in itself, wasn't it? Gosh, lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown reflexologists, we should have called ourselves. Um, yeah. As such, unbelievable. And we were having this chat before we came on about understanding what the word additional support or additional needs mean. Because when I used to see, um, I used to go to day centers and treat people with reflexology for, they called it special needs. So can you explain the correct, you know, what this terminology additional um, needs or support, how it came about? So I suppose, like anything, language changes over time. And um, it depends where you are on that journey, I think, as a parent. Because in the early days, if someone had said to me, your daughter's disabled, I probably would have corrected them and said, actually, no, she's not. But now, 18 years on, 
she she is on the higher end of her disability. So I haven't got a problem with the word dis- disability or disabled. But if your child is early on their journey or their severity of their difficulties are not on the severe end, then you wouldn't use the word disabled. You would say additional needs. Okay. Um, it's, it's a personal thing, I think. And it depends definitely where you are on your yeah. on your journey as a parent on what words you accept but additional yeah. needs it covers a whole spectrum yeah. um neurodiversity um yeah brilliant brilliant well that makes you know the people that are listening understand a bit more about what additional needs where where it fits in but it's so difficult isn't it and the difficulties that carers go through having to um you know, adjusting their life. And you've seen it all, haven't you? Could you talk to us a little bit about how you had to adjust your life to fit, you know, to be a mum with a daughter that's got additional needs? So, well, my main thing, I suppose, is I had to give up work. Yeah. Um, My daughter was going in and out of hospital a lot and um, wasn't sleeping very well. And I was... um, there was no way I was going to be able to hold down a job at that point. Yeah. So I think quite a lot of carers, I, I speak to a lot of other mums and parents and carers and that not going to work or stopping a life and starting a new life is quite a big thing to adapt to. Um, but I think I would recommend anyone who's going through anything really, um, adjust adjustment, whether you've going through a bereavement or um, you are had a newly diagnosed health condition is to find other people who are going on a similar journey as you Mm -hmm. there's a lot of comfort there's networking you can find out so much more from from others that are sharing the same path as you brilliant and is that what you did when you were going down that path you know being a mum of your daughter thinking I need support I need help you know, emotionally and physically, how did you learn to, you know, support your daughter with your own emotional challenges as you went down the road? Was it from other carers? Well, we're talking 18 years ago. Um, <laughs> funny to say, but the internet wasn't no. as it is now. No, there wasn't no. Facebook with different support groups. Um, there I heard of different charities that um, my daughter used to be under Julia's house other charities like epilepsy charities I tapped into and just met other parents that had children similar to my daughter so um, but now there's so much more support out there yeah yeah brilliant so and especially for carers even the council are providing things yeah, brilliant. That's so good because, like I said, I I remember, you know, before internet, you know, there was just like the knowledge to find. You'd go to the library to find out this information. Otherwise, it would have felt very isolating. And I think that's the word. You don't want to feel like you're isolated um, in this situation or guilty and all these sort of feelings. Did you have any of those sort of feelings which are you know, no, there's, they have no representation, but did you go through all of that where you need the support from other people? Definitely the isolation. 
Yeah. And I would say the lockdown brought that back for quite a lot of parents, um, especially with parents with children with additional needs, because our lives can be a, more isolating than yeah. um, neurotypical children. And, you know, people were saying, oh, well, we couldn't go out the house. And, you know, some days if you have a child with, say, medical conditions or challenging behaviour, you do quite often have days where you can't get out the house. Yeah. So it was a bit of a realisation, I think, for other people that they could maybe empathise a bit more mm-hmm. after yeah. lockdown to, yeah. to feel how isolating it could be for people. And, and also... Also for carers, not just of children, but, you know, I used to visit carers of people who had, say, an an elderly couple and one of the husband or the wife had Alzheimer's or had uh, a health condition, which meant they couldn't leave the house. So thinking about all different carers. Yeah, so many kinds and so many variations as well. And I think that's what when you become a reflexologist, you bring your world into the treatment area. So all the experience of you, Lisa, is is now oozing out in your treatment. And you've got this experience of life, you know, with um, how the challenging situations you've had with your daughter and also and amazing things you've learned. You know, this is important to recognise this as well. Um, and what carers go through and how they can look after themselves. So have you got any tips on how you started looking after yourself, Um, you know, whilst looking after your daughter? What sort of things did you do that someone else might want to hear? So um, I think it's always really important to take time out. And some people I know, if you're looking after someone for 24 hours, um, or you have no additional support coming in or any care, then people say to me, well, how do I take time out? But it could be something as simple as taking three deep breaths, yeah. um, taking two minutes out, five minutes out. Obviously, um, it could be anything like going for a walk. Um, during lockdown, I started doing daily yoga. Uh-huh. and it was just 10 minutes at a time, but it was my time. It was my 10 minutes. It was my time. And also through lockdown, I did a gratitude diary every day because um, my daughter needs 24 hour care. And we had 10 weeks with no, no support. Whereas we have quite a large team of carers coming in and helping. So I found I needed something mentally to keep me focused and, to get through each day basically so I had my yoga I had chocolate (laughs) (laughs) a small treat and my gratitude diary I I read I wrote it every evening wow so I just choose three things and it could have been something as simple as it was sunny and I got to stand outside for 20 minutes or I went for a walk um but those are simple things. And another thing I would say for carers is to tap into local resources. There is a lot out there. Um, contact your, your, your GP will have like a carers coordinator. You, the council have um, 
varying carers groups. If you're on Facebook, there's always different carers groups on Facebook. If you're a parent or a carer, there are lots of different things you can find out there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be isolating it. No. It can be a fulfilled life. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I'm so grateful that you've shared that because I want it to be a positive experience for people. More so nowadays, there is so much information and support rather than prior to, you know, the internet, which it was hard. It was so hard finding support then, really was. So what would you say are some of the, the, you know, you did a gratitude journal. So you're obviously was staying in the, you know, the positive side of things. What did you learn about yourself along this journey? I suppose, well, even in the last two years, I have realized that I can use my brain and it will store things. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed learning again and having a focus, something other than, say, my daughter or her care. So um, I would highly recommend it for anyone. It doesn't have to be learning. It could be just something that you're an interest, a hobby, just something for you that gives you an identity. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's increased your self-esteem or anything like that to what you, you know? Definitely, yes. Yeah. And my confidence and give me something to hold a conversation about, something to be passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, and something to continue learning because there's so much out there to learn about reflexology. <laughs> yeah, it's a minefield, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. So it's given you a purpose. It's given you an identity. So you're not just mum, you know, yeah. the daughter. Um, but during, you know, what made you want to become a reflexologist? Because you had a good job prior to your daughter um, and then your daughter you know, um, took, you know, you had a relationship with your daughter that took time. So what made you want to get back into learning? I suppose it's forward planning because my daughter's 18 now. Wow. And she'll be leaving school next year. And I've kind of had 18 as like the light, not the light at the end of the tunnel, but just a different chapter for both of us. So, um, so yeah, two years ago, I thought, okay, you need to do something. Yeah. And what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. And my daughter and I were both having reflexology on a regular basis, both of us seeing huge benefits to our health and our well-being. So, I started to look into that Brilliant. and the rest is history. So if you didn't have, you know, earlier days you were having reflexology, your daughter was having it. Did you notice a difference in yourself if you didn't have it? You know, if you missed a week or two weeks from reflexology or a month, did you notice yeah. a difference in yourself? So I, I normally have it once a month yeah my daughter has it once a week so 
definitely to my daughter, her digestive system becomes very sluggish. Um, she has more issues with that. So um, for me, learning it is a big thing. So if there is an appointment break and we don't see someone, I can, yes. I can do that yeah. on a daily basis if needed. Yeah. And for me, um, as a carer with lifting, which I have to do with my daughter, I get a lot of tension through my shoulders and my neck. And I can really feel when I haven't seen my reflexologist. Yeah. Yeah. Everything gets stiffer. Um, I start to get like a fuzzy head. I get more migraines. Yes. And that. And I- so that you saying that that actually um, lessens when you have reflexology. Yes, definitely. Maybe. And I just feel like my shoulders are back yeah. to not being under my ears. <laughs> They're just a bit lower. <laughs> oh, I get that feeling. I know it so well. So, so, so well. So that's about your journey about becoming a reflexologist, which is really interesting. You did absolutely amazing. If you don't mind me sharing on your no. anatomy and physiology and the reflexology really well high schools and everything. So um, prior to becoming that reflexologist, obviously you knew you needed to book on uh, a course, but prior, what skills do you think you needed beforehand in order to become the reflexologist you are? Skills. So I suppose you have to be organised. Yeah. And you have to be quite driven personally driven you have to know where you're sort of where you're going how you're going to get there um if there's any more learning you need to do like your I think you need to work out your path as in I knew I had to do my A&P I knew then I was going to do my reflexologist um course my ITEC and then I knew from then I was going to build on that, which I have done. I've done my facial reflexology and I've booked in on your Indian head massage, which I'm very excited about. And me as well. And so, so are my clients. Oh, <laughs> I, magical. I could definitely get 40 case studies rather than nine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's not, you know, how. what made you think about doing a, an off-call level three qualification because there is such a big difference between doing you know a weekend course that says it's level three but it isn't an off-qual accredited qualification to doing a proper level three off-qual accredited reflexology course so what was the difference that made you choose that route it was the detail okay i i love I love to know what I'm talking about and to to talk about it in confidence and to know things in depth, know things, how, how things link, like how body systems link. Whereas on a one day course, you would be able to know which points to press, but you wouldn't know why and how. And if something comes up that you haven't been taught you wouldn't actually be able to work out the answer because you haven't got that background information. Whereas I feel from the last two years with my AMP, 
and an eye tech reflexology, you know a lot of body systems in depth. Yeah, yeah. And especially with the type of clientele that's coming to you, you know, carers, people with health conditions. Do you feel that now that with all that knowledge you've gained with your anatomy and physiology, do you think that that's helped um, to become the reflexologist and be able to set a plan of action for treating those particular people? Definitely, because like we've had a discussion before, just naturally the clientele that are coming to me have got varying levels of health condition or medical conditions. So you do need to know a lot about the body and how it works. Yeah, 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 I understand that. So with that, if you didn't have that knowledge, to the level you've got it now, how do you think you would feel? Well, you'd be able to you'd be able to do the things, as in reflexology, and press the points, but you wouldn't be able to make those connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to put in the work in order to reap the benefits from understanding what you're you're doing, really. Definitely, and to um, advise your clients as well on self care for. Yeah. keeping the treatments yeah. working while they're in between appointments. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And what would, how did you balance work, home life, you know, um, studying for the reflexology course and having your daughter as well to look mm-hmm. after? How did you manage to balance all of it? I mean, it's incredible. So I used to get up two hours before everyone else woke up. Wow. Wow. And to be honest, I have not as much, obviously not every day, but I do still get up at least half an hour before everyone else gets up. Yeah. It's just a lovely time of the day. (laughs) It's quiet and I have 30, 30 minutes to myself. Oh, I totally know the feeling. I studied my aromatherapy last year and I was getting up. I know it was exceedingly early, like five to do my case studies. And it's just like what you're saying. And if they come down earlier, Lisa, the eye look (laughs) is my time. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? Yes. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. Oh, bless. So have you got any tips, um, to give other people when they embark on this journey? I would say you do have to be organized. You have to work out in your life what days you're going to schedule or what hours you're going to schedule and stick to it. I used to do a weekly plan of what subject I was going to do on what which day mm-hmm. and try and stick to it. And if I didn't, then it knocked into the next day or the yeah. next week. So you yeah. soon learn. You do. Um, yeah. And tell all your friends and family that what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying no to things, they understand because yeah. I did go as a little bit of a hermit for a couple of months <laughs> while I was trying to get through my exams. So you sort so, of like, um, sort of like set really clear boundaries that actually I'm studying now. And this is just about me and studies. Yes, I had to do that because I am too easily persuaded to do something. 
Love it, love it, love it, love it. So um, what's your favorite? Did you have any quotes that kept you going through all this? What kept you going throughout the whole course to stay, stay focused, keep going, you know, and achieve what you, how, you know, achieve what you did? Well, for me, there just wasn't any other option. I just keep my head down. Yeah. And get on with it. Yeah. Because um, you're not an excuse kind of person. Some people will come out with and say, you know, I've got this problem, that problem. But, you know, you've got a, you've had a lot on your shoulders. There's no doubt about it. But never once did I hear you say, you know, let on, really, you were just, what have I got to do? And then you just planned it and you did it. So yeah. incredible, incredible. I love that. I love that about you. It's really yeah. good. So that's why I was just wondering if there was a quote or something, you know, or is it just my, part of your makeup? My grandma used to say, love lots, trust a few, learn to paddle your own canoe. And that is so good. I'm going to write that down. I don't know where it's from. It's so good. Is she still alive? <laughs> no, she's no, she sadly not. But I might have to ask my dad where that saying came from. Love lots, trust a few. Learn to paddle your own canoe. This is so true. Because we can only rely on ourselves at the end of the day, can't we? Yes. As sad as <laughs> it is. Yep. Yeah, I'm writing your, your thing down because I love it so much. I'm writing it down. It's so good. Oh, that's beautiful. So that's what kept you going, or is that the way your grandmother brought you up? I suppose we've all been brought up to, yeah, self-discipline and, yeah, um, yeah I just, I, I have a strong belief that you should, look after what you need to do so if yeah yeah it was a bit it's a big shock to me when I had my daughter and had to give up my job but I've I've always kept something for me it's important yeah. even when I used to work I used to work two hours a week but that was important because that was for me and that was my own money yeah so yeah self-sufficient as yeah. as self-sufficient as you can be absolutely Totally get that. Totally get that. That's great. So that's your favourite quote. Would you say you've got a superpower? <laughs> a superpower? Yeah, I, mean, um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because most practitioners are not good at shining the light on themselves. Ah, so is there something, you know, is there an inner strength or, or have we just gone through that? I suppose, yeah, an inner strength. Well, when I speak to my clients, they say that they find me very easy to talk to and open up to. Um, and I feel I can empathize with anyone, especially if they're a carer. And because I know the difficulties that, that, that there is and are as being a carer, um, you've got to be careful as being an empath because I, I do pick up on things from people. <laughs> I can feel energies coming from people. So, you know, people can't lie as in how they feel because I can probably feel it coming from them. Yes. Yeah. And would you say that's a good thing that you've got? Do you know how to challenge, 
um, channel that within yourself? I probably need to protect myself a bit more because I can, um, certain people, if I'm around, I can sort of take on their energy and you can feel quite drained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like my previous job, if I went to people. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you went to like three or four people in a row, you could feel quite drained. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the, the good thing is the internet tells you what that means and how to deal with it. In the old yeah. days, you never knew because there was no internet. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So obviously you've also got this real calmness, Lisa. I don't know yeah. whether you know it, but I see it. It's a real, you know, in all spite of the stuff that's going on in the background, which I'm sure like many carers have, you know, you do portray a real calmness. You're present, you're calm, and you're in the moment. You're not like flap, 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 or any, you know, you're none of that stuff. So how does, how does that, how has that evolved, or has that always been there? I would say I've noticed a massive difference since doing Reiki and sort of feeling, doing yoga, and being more aware of my thoughts, I can portray a good swan. So my feet are going underneath, my <laughs> <laughs> elegantly gliding across the pot. Um, but you're keeping grounded, I think. And try not to spend too much time in your head, oh, which I know most of us do. do. I try to get things out. Yeah. So if I've got things I need to organise, I have lists. Yes. Lists are brilliant. Lists are so good. It's but so I have good. lists upon lists. Yeah. <laughs> and you're paddling like the swan underneath with your, yeah. with your feet. <laughs> but you're shining on the top. I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. So what parting message would you like to leave to others, whether it's about having um, a daughter with additional needs or whether it's about the reflexology course and how you've become a reflexologist. Is there anything you want to get across to the audience that are listening at the moment? I think for anyone is to um, take time out for yourself yeah, and really think what do you want to do with your time? Yeah. And have a plan. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, really structured but you know three years ago I thought where do I want to be in five years time what do I want to be doing what do I enjoy and having the courage to take that step mm-hmm. and it won't happen instantly no. and everything is small steps and definitely um to celebrate the small steps and that's what I've done with my daughter and to do it with yourself mm-hmm. and every time you used to when we were on our course you used to say what are you doing to celebrate your first case study or what are you doing to yeah. celebrate you finished that section and mm-hmm. I always had something so let me let me in a secret what did you have that you always used as a reward then now that now the course oh, is over it wasn't always the same thing. No. It might have been, I can go to the coffee shop and get my favourite cake <laughs> at the end of my case study. But yeah. right right at the end of my course, I had a girly 
a girly weekend at Champneys. So it ranged from that to a cake. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So I appreciate that you're actually you currently. You know, I mean, it's great. You'll get you're getting clients, um, mm-hmm. you know, carers, people with health concerns are coming to you. Can you let people know about how they can get in contact with you? Um, and also the days that you currently work. So um, I'm called Restorative Touch Therapies. That's all one word on Facebook. And my email is Lisa Noel, as in French for Christmas, UK, at hotmail.co.uk. And I'm currently working Monday, Tuesday and Thursday from my treatment room in Talbot Woods. And I occasionally do weekends um, for children and adults with additional needs. And I go to their home. Fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us today. And thank if you. anyone's got any questions, this is the girl who need to get in contact if you want to receive a reflexology treatment. Well, thank you for having me, Teresa, and letting me share my story and my um, journey. It's been a pleasure getting to know you even more. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode of 100% Real with Teresa. Please share this with your friends. We each have a responsibility to bring more light and love into this world. The world needs more people like you. So go ahead and share so you can bring more hope and inspiration where it's really needed. Never in the world has there been a more important time to inspire, give, shine and grow others. This is what I really want for you to share this message of hope, encouragement where it is most needed. Each of us has a responsibility to bring positivity into a world that is crying out for this. Please post it on social media. Use the hashtag heartcenteredgrowth. We are always giving away gifts to our female community. Personally, I feel that this is needed more than ever at the moment. Feel free also to leave a review and rate this podcast because this would really help us. And to be honest, I read every single comment also. Remember, we are so grateful to have you in this female community for heart-centered growth, sending you a big high five for being absolutely fabulous for listening to 100% Real with Teresa podcast.